Welcome to the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts, which are now entering their fourth year of broadcast. Who would have thought that when Seth died in 2014, all these years later we would be making a podcast in his memory? It's a really exciting time for Charlotte and me. We've been recording 30 podcasts, one for each day in November, as part of Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. Charlotte has been talking to all kinds of people involved with pancreatic cancer and over the next 30 days we will hear lots of personal stories. Stories of love, stories of commitment, stories of hope and sadly, as always with pancreatic cancer, stories of loss. Each story will help you understand the challenges of pancreatic cancer as well as the signs and symptoms and will help you to have conversations with people and ensure that they are aware of what to look out for. Join us each day for our Purple Rainbow podcast. If you miss any of the episodes, you can catch up by visiting www.purplerainbow.co.uk where all of the podcasts will be stored for you to listen to at your leisure. Follow us on your podcast channel, like and share, and join us for an interesting month with lots of stories of love and hope. Welcome to today's episode. I'm Charlotte, and in this episode, you'll be meeting Claire. Now, Claire's story is a complex one because not only was she dealing with her mum's pancreatic cancer diagnosis, she was also looking after her dad and her brother. Let's start off by hearing Claire's memories of her mum. Mum was... Um my best friend in the whole world. She'd, she'd had quite a, di- not quite a difficult life. She'd had a very difficult life. Um, she was my best friend. We did everything together. I moved back in. I'd been married and got divorced. I moved back in. My mum was caring for my dad, who had a lot of health conditions. Um, and she was also looking after my brother, who has schizophrenia. Mum was one of six children. Mum was born in Lancashire in uh, Colne. She met my dad in the 60s and they got married in 1971 and then I was born in 75. Jamie came along in 1980. Amongst many other things, mum was um, an absolute incredible cook, which came in very handy because her and dad's choice of life, really, not just a a job or a career, um, they were in the pub trade um, and mum did a lot of the cooking. She was amazing. She was nothing phased her and she just used to cook um, intuitively. But that was, she was naturally a very intuitive person, very sensitive, um, a wicked sense of humour. I think it's safe to say if, if you asked anyone that knew that knows me and knew my mum, a lot of people would probably say that I have the same sense of humour. We would find this, exactly the same things funny and other people might look at us a bit. How is that right? How is that funny? But we did. She was everybody's best friend, you know. I mean, she didn't suffer fools and she 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 did call a spade a spade. She told it like it was. Um, which could be quite scary. <laughs> You've obviously gonna have lots of memories of, of your mum. Are there any in particular that really, really stand out for you that's just like a that always make you smile? A lifetime's worth. I mean, a, a very special place to us, um, somewhere that me and mum first of all used to go together just her and me was Northumberland lots of memories and so many photos of mum 
helping me with when I had two dogs. Um, and it was, it's a very, um, it's a, it's a beautiful, stunning part of the country and mum loved it up there. I remember she's always been, she always knew how to make everything better just by a hug. The way that she dealt with being diagnosed was so unbelievably brave. Um, I will be, and, and I am prouder of her every single day for the way that she dealt with that because I don't think there are many people that could. She she kept so much locked in. Um, I mean, how do you process that? There's no and there's no time either for her to process that, or for 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 the family. When there's only a month between that, you know, you're still getting your head round that, aren't you? And she will always be my hero. Happier memories, I know places that she loved. I remember her in Scotland. She, her and dad, love Scotland. Um. The, the West Coast up in the Highlands, you know, that they, they both always said, but mum particularly always said, in your lifetime, even if it's when I'm gone, I want you to go back to the Highlands. I want you to go back up to the West Coast of Scotland. Um, haven't managed to do that yet. I wish, I was saying to Jamie this afternoon while we were out, I wish that she could have seen where I live now and I wish that you know we could have taken her to show her because it's so beautiful you just not being from the area every corner that we walk around even or every little drive that we take out it's so lovely around here you know I feel very blessed and she would have loved that. So a bit more background to Claire's situation it took a visit to the out of hours GP and a number of visits to hospital for her mum to get diagnosed And in a matter of just a couple of days, they went from her diagnosis being potential gallstones to terminal pancreatic cancer. Claire takes up the story now of getting her mum home from hospital. They gave me a pack uh, for Macmillan. um, And I sort of, well, we explained about Jamie. At the time, Jamie was very, very poorly and um, he never knew. Mum was in hospital for another couple of weeks. I mean, I think they raised a safeguarding for mum because of the situation with my dad. Um, My dad could be quite aggressive, physically aggressive. So they said, we will keep your mum here, Claire, for as long as we need to. And I said, that's fine. I don't know if they expected me to kick off. And I said, no, I want you to. I said, whatever it takes. And if that means keeping her in here, then, that you know, if mum's fine with that, then I'm fine. You had a lot to deal with very, very quickly. You went from gallstones, as you said, to not gallstones, a tumour potentially, then that tumour becoming actually, that you know, it's unfortunately it's terminal. Plus, you know, you were trying to look after your dad and your brother at the same time. And you're looking after your mum as you're trying to protect your mum and protect everybody. How, I, I, this sounds like the most ridiculous question that I'm about to ask you. Did you look after yourself at all? No. 
No. No, I didn't. No. Um. It, 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 it was it, it was awful, and I had not a lot of people, but a few people telling me what to do, but refusing to jump in and sort of do much to help me, which really was what I needed. I was in way over my head. I'd never dealt with social services or anything like that before. So, I mean, that in itself was... I mean, some of the care staff, when we finally got the, the home, the domiciliary carers coming in for my dad were very, very good because they've actually looked after pancreatic cancer patients. So I can actually remember a few of them telling me what to expect and supporting me and saying this is what, when I got them at Millen Park, they said this is what they can do. They're not just a support line. They are amazing and they, they were amazing. They did a lot in a very short time. Um, no, I suppose I did feel a bit abandoned, really. And all it, it felt like all people, certain people were doing, was telling me what I should be doing and not actually helping a little bit. Yeah. They were saying stupid things like, get rid, of, get rid of the dogs, you haven't got time for the dogs, and actually, you know, the dogs were my support. There were the two things, well, three things that kept me sane. Um, and to get rid of them, knowing that my mum was dying, I wouldn't have wanted to leave. There would have been no reason for me to go on. She was discharged on the 5th of August, I think. Um, yeah, she was home for a few weeks. Um, so she came home. Dad had eventually, after an awful lot of persuasion from social services, me screaming at social services quite literally just to get them to listen it was a locum from the gps that was absolutely wonderful mum had been home for about a week and she'd not received anything about macmillan or any kind of benefits or any any other sort of ot um any kind of support that she might need um or information for me um, that I might need to do for mum. But this absolutely wonderful locum from the doctor's surgery, mum had sent me off one day and said, you need to go shopping. She said, I'm going to have a sleep. She said, and then the doctor's coming, so it's fine, love. Go shopping, go to Morrison's, have a break. It's fine. So she was still well enough and awake to say, you know, it, I'm, I'm okay, I'm going to have a nap. You just fuck her off and, <laughs> yeah, we need some shopping, go on. At this point, I mean, she wasn't eating. Her, her appetite never came back. So the food I bought was for me and Jamie, really. Um, all mum could eat was a little tiny bit of fruit, cherries. We did try her on different things. She just couldn't stomach it. But this... Locum had, had basically by the time I came back home that day, mum was like, Oh my god, she said that that locum was fantastic. She said he's got Macmillan set up, they're coming tomorrow. Um, Macmillan turned up the next day, they'd set up an OT referral. Um, they were talking to both of us about hospice care and um benefits and what they do and what she thought would when we sort of explained our situation and what she thought, you know, would be useful for us. 
without Matt Locum, he, he really did just, you know, get the ball rolling. Matt Millen were also fantastic because when they came, she sort of came in like a whirlwind as well and she set up the OT referral and she got shower seats and stools and things. At this point, mum could barely walk. She didn't very often come downstairs. She never came down during the day, but she used to come down maybe for an hour at night. Um, so she wasn't eating. Um, she was she she was drinking a little bit. Um, they gave her some of that Creon to help her because weight was just falling off her like. She looked very poorly. At this point, she wasn't really yellow anymore. The stent had obviously drained the jaundice. The locum kind of set, started it all off, um, but the Macmillan nurse, when she came in, and, and she was like this whirlwind, whirlwind and suddenly we, she's doing the paperwork. I'm not having to wade through the big paperwork for claiming attendance allowance and all that stuff. She did it. And like you say, they come in and, and you just... I was in over my head, but I'm not sorry for a single second. It taught me a lot about myself, actually. She said to me not long before she died, the strength in you, when I said... Well, why don't I feel it? I said, because, Mummy, I don't feel that right now at all. I feel like a little girl. Very, 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 very scared. Who has no idea what's to come. But looking back, I did it. There aren't words, really, to say how very, very proud of her, how, how brave she was. I don't know if I could be that brave. She didn't let me see her cry. And she... She was still able to think of other people and she just, she went into practical mode, which is what she did when she knew she, <laughs> when you, <laughs> a memory that doesn't make me laugh, it was just so my mom, um, when she was having a good day at home after she, when she came home and um, maybe on a day when Macmillan had been or they weren't coming that day. She said, right, Claire, I'm directing you from the bed. Make me a brew. I'm making you a list and you're following it. Well, and again with that, I'm not even going to argue with that because when she had that head on, you wouldn't. And all it was was just sorting through her stuff, getting her affairs in order, really. I think a really scary, pivotal I don't know what kind of moment you'd say, really, but one day she, she was feeling very poorly, actually, and she absolutely forced herself. I mean, it was August. It was the end of August, so it was still summer, and it was it was quite warm. Um, she was having a bad day, and it was a, a chilly day on this particular day, and, and she was shivering, and she had to go to the bank, which was in Skipton. That was 10 miles away. And she wasn't up to going at all, but she said, I have to do this. She said, because she wanted some money for us. She said, I want to know that she had a life insurance policy. She said, I need, you know, I want to know that when the time comes, you're okay. The money that's in the bank, I want to make sure you've got access to it for food when I'm gone and you're all right for a couple of months for rent because I wasn't working at the time. So she absolutely forced herself. I mean, that that was bravery. And while we were sat in the bank and the lady that we sat chatting to was lovely. 
and then I, I went back to see her after mum died and when I told her it was about two days later that mum died and when I went in and said mum passed away she cried she sat at her desk and absolutely sobbed which was it was lovely but that's how mum had touched her and Claire has this message she really wants you to make sure that you get yourself or indeed other people checked out any symptom on its own like the backache mum's symptoms obviously they changed over time and they changed and almost improved after she had the stent in um after she had the stent procedure um so symptoms sort of single symptoms on their own might not mean a lot and they might not give you real cause for concern but that doesn't mean that they're not worthy of concern so don't ignore anything if you feel it's listening listening to your own intuition as well if you feel there's something wrong then I think you've got to believe that I think you've got to go with that and don't let anybody brush you off um if it's a case of demanding for an earlier appointment demanding for a scan earlier blood tests whatever it takes um and if it's the worst get all of the help and support you can um and remember it's not just about the patient it's also about the family and and the loved ones and their family and and, and friends people around them um but there is a lot of help out there there really is I mean going through that it changes you as a person it took me till I was 41 finally to grow up and it absolutely changes you and all I can ever hope is that my mum is proud of, of who I am now thank you so much to Claire for sharing her story about her mum it was a real privilege talking to Claire we spent more than an hour chatting and it was just lovely to be able to spend that time with Claire and thank you for listening to this episode as well don't forget so we're doing an episode every day in November for Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. Make sure you follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode and share them as well with everybody you know. We're using the hashtags Seth's Legacy and 30PR Podcasts. And remember as well, you can get in touch with us at purplerainbow.co.uk. And of course, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs>